Thank you for tuning in to the Her Royal Roots podcast station. We are currently in a series titled, A Wise Woman Builds Her House. Lessons are taught by Holda Dawid, or a special guest bringing insight to the Hebraic understanding of what it means to be a wife, mother, or a woman in a Hebraic community. All of the insight we give is through a scriptural, cultural, or bio-agricultural understanding of the times in which the scriptures were written. By listening, you will be tuning into a live recording of the session. We are so thankful that you chose to join us. We hope that you are blessed. Shalom. Royalty. Royalty. Powers of the chosen people. Bible in my hand. Word inside my heart. And pain before my eyes. Broken people wanting to believe in something. Looking for a light. Trying to find the truth. So your feet play a very important part with your body. And throughout scripture, you see it mentioned um, a lot. I mean, all the way to Genesis where he's like, you're going to crush his head and he's going to bruise your heel, you know. And if you move forward, I mean, it talks about, um, you know, blessed are the feet of those who carry the message. People think that it's obviously just has to do with walking. Then you get to the Brit Kadashah or the New Testament and Yeshua is washing his disciples' feet. And so people are like, well, what, is that? What, is, what, is, what does that have to do with anything? And I remember um, in the story, Peter, because he's, he's always talking, because um, he's going to ask all the questions for everybody. He goes, you're not washing my feet. And he's like, well, if I don't wash your feet, then you have no work with me. It's, you're, you can't. And so he's like, well, then wash my whole body. And he's like, it's not about that. There's a difference between a spiritual or a a cleansing to regenerate or rejuvenate the body and a cleansing to actually clean the body, right? So his cleansing for them, he's like, you guys take baths, but this is not about bathing. This is about something deeper than you need to take a bath. I'm doing something and... because of feet and feet are very important in the Hebraic uh, culture. It's the, the word or the letter for feet is the gimel. So foot, camel, pride. So it actually has to do with firmness or standing firm. Or like we use a, the idiom, even in our culture today, um, when a person is like firm on something, they put their foot down. So now you can kind of see why the feet of the disciples are very important. You have to stand, hold fast, carry this message. And I'm also, though, I'm cleansing you, meaning I'm pulling the impurities out of your body. That foot washing wasn't like a, come over here and wipe your feet down. No, you're going to put your feet in these water, you're going to soak them, and I'm showing you something at the same time. Like, your feet are dirty. I'm sure they were. They had been walking, they were getting ready, they got finally sat down to eat and relax. And so your feet are dirty, but if I cleanse this part, which is symbolic of your walk and your way, then the rest of you is clean. Now, all you have to do is bathe daily or physically cleanse of all of your sins, but I am the only one that can actually pull the impurities from the inside of your body to the outside. And so I'm taking care of that part. 
Now, your only job is to now continually wash, which obviously is meaning with the word, the water of the word, daily. But I'm going to take care of the hardest part, which is to pull those impurities from you that you don't even know are may deter you from actually standing firm on what's going to happen pretty much after this point because you know all of them eventually died and were persecuted for what they believed so it took a lot i mean peter got his feet washed and like not even a few hours later he's like i don't know him i don't know him at all you know what and then cuss like i don't know who he is stop asking me because a little maybe they won't believe that i was with him like so it was um so it's very serious. So it's the same thing for um, the woman. Because your body, your whole body, holds all the life force, not only for you. And that's something that um, a Western culture that's built around individualism makes us think that it's like you. So if you're tired, it's because you made yourself tired. If you're worn out, it's because you wore yourself out. And as women, that's not always entirely true. If it was up to me, I would never be tired. I would never be worn out. I would never be sad. I would never. <laughs> but it is, it's the elements and the things that are around you. And we don't, we don't look at it like this because it sounds mystical. But it's the energies of other people and the people you interact with. And they, they, they come into your body. And it's not like, a, oh, their spirit's coming up. No. The way people feel. You know, you can walk in a room and a person's heavy. And it just makes you feel sad. You can sit in a funeral of a person you don't even know. But when all the people in there start crying, you're going to feel sad. You're going to cry. Why? Because there's a certain frequency that's happening in the room that, as a human, you are made to be able to feel. That's why when people are like psychopaths or sociopaths, it's because they don't feel that normal thing. Like if a person's like, please, please, please don't kill me. Don't kill my baby and don't kill me. And they're like... You can beg all day, but I don't feel anything. Those natural frequencies and affections are turned off. So we're supposed to feel all those things. But as wives and mothers, we feel them even more because the people that are closest to us, you know, they're, we, we are the word, I'm going to use this word for lack of better words. If I come up with another one, I'll, I'll use it. But they are, they have portals to us we've we've opened ourselves up to them our spouses we've opened ourselves up to them our children we've opened ourselves up to them so there are they have a natural way of communicating with us without even speaking so your children like when you hold your baby you can just smell the baby and it just makes you feel something it's like when your kid does something it makes you it, it does that naturally because there's a portal or a pathway that's open between us and our children the same way with your spouse if you have a situation where you like i don't have an attitude i know you do because i can feel it you know you can be smiling i can see it and i can feel it and i don't know why and i don't know why i keep asking you about it and then two you know three months later well remember when you asked me if i was well i didn't want to tell you but it's like i knew the whole time and then i racked my brain and drove myself crazy like okay maybe i'm just crazy and i'm just thinking something <laughs> you know but it's real those things are really there because those are the communicating receptors that yah has given us for each other and then we have it then you do it with your friends you open up that with your friends and you open it up with certain people in your family and you can shut it off with certain people you can say i'm done letting you drain me i'm done feeling this way those things are naturally there so as women because we have those things and to a way more heightened ability than men do they they <laughs> um 
And for a good reason. Because at first I'm like, God, can't you just try? But if men felt like we felt, it wouldn't necessarily work. That's why it's hard when two women are in a relationship. Because it, you have those same feelings, those same intuitions, and those same moods, and those same attitudes where things can change and waver how you feel throughout the day. Where a man, if he wakes up good, unless somebody like really ticks him off, and even then they kind of just you know shrug it off, they can go to sleep in the same mood. But as a woman, throughout the day, you go up and down. If the kids spill stuff out, you can wake up good, and the kids spill cereal all over for you. You're like, oh. And then you can you know be playing and then now you got to go and clean up and do such so you're you're naturally made to be able to shift and change your emotions throughout the day where man if you're having fun and a kid like you know scratches their elbow it doesn't change the mood of the day they're like oh come on keep going you're like no actually it's pretty hurt you know let's take it let's calm down and let's deal with this it's like ah you're not gonna ruin my whole trip but as a mom, <laughs> you, right? As a mom, it's like I'm. You're naturally made to be able to. Um, and it's funny because it's like water. That's why you're im aleph mim. You're able to change your course based upon the interactions that happen throughout the day. But like I said, it takes a lot of energy, and it takes it's it builds up, and so, and we very rarely get a chance to release that. It and we. If if it wasn't for and I'll tell the, I'll and I'll explain this after I say it. if it wasn't for Yah giving us a natural release for that energy we would never do it. It's the same thing with the Shabbat. People say I have a day of rest. No, if Yah didn't make the Shabbat mandatory and then when, and you couldn't skip over it, then nobody would ever rest. You would keep telling yourself you were, but you would never do it. So Yah puts the the strict guidelines for keeping a Shabbat on us every week so that we do it because you would just put it off put it off put it off put it off it's the same thing with a woman's body that's why you have a cycle we have been taught to hate our cycles but the reason why you have one is it's the one time where you have to completely stop and tend to everything that's going on with your body I'm like, every, I mean, you're going to clean better than you probably clean at any other time. You're not taking no quick shower, hop in, hop out, or a wash up and then go. No, you're going to take a shower. You're going to clean yourself. You're going to make sure you're, you're always in tune. You can't, you sit down and you'd be like, oh, you're just like, the, <laughs> it's the only time where you really focus on yourself. And we don't even do that properly. We just can't wait till it's over so that I can go back to doing all the stuff that I normally do. But well, yeah, <laughs> I never had a <laughs> no. But the the whole thing is they're not good. But when they're not, what happens is, um, so I for um, excuse me personally, so with my cycle, I didn't know how much of what I do in the other twenty eight. I mean, well, well, not twenty eight, twenty one days of the month have. I didn't know they had so much bearing on how my cycle actually comes out. I thought it was just like, it just, that's just normal. Everybody's is different. It's just supposed to be like this. It's not true. And I, the first time I actually noticed it was when I went for a while. I went like six or seven months and I didn't eat meat. And my cycle was almost like, like, you know, you hear about those people who are like, oh my gosh, I have no cramps. And it's just like light. And it's, I can barely tell it's there. I used to think those people were crazy because mine was like, like, and then probably about day four would ease up, and then I'd be like, okay. But the first day, I'd be like debilitated, couldn't walk, like it was terrible. 
And I didn't know how much my diet played into that. And so after that, I, I started eating meat again. And immediately, I mean, I mean, we're women. So I mean, like clots, cramping, everything. So what my body told me is I have to monitor what I eat throughout the month because it's going to show up at a later time. My body's purging all the things that it couldn't, couldn't process well. Right? And so it's supposed to be a time where you introspect. It's also the same way with stress. The more stressful you are, the stressed out you are throughout the month, you can deal with it because your hormones are in a really good place. So you can combat your stress really good. But about a week before that happens, everything starts to like kind of fall apart. And the things that were the stressors become heightened. That's also from, yeah, because you have to deal with those stressors. You can't let them go from cycle to cycle to cycle to cycle. Because what eventually happens is when menopause comes, then a lot of people who don't deal with, did I fix my diet? Did I deal with stressors? Then they, you, you're living in this heightened state because actually menopause is supposed to be, it's supposed to be a good time, not a bad time. It's supposed to be the time where all this is over and I've taken care of my body and now I'm going to live in this particular state. And a lot of people don't reach that or they deal with some of these adverse effects because did I fix my diet when I noticed throughout my cycle it would make me do this? Did I fix my stressors? So then all those things are then still a part of your body during that time. And so now you have to, you still have to change it, but what you should have been doing is just eliminating them until you got to that point because all those things are adverse effects of the, the... So one of... One of the things that is very important is knowing that your body holds not only your life force, but everybody else depends on your life also. And that's like, it's a huge responsibility. And I can see why certain women just check out. Like, I mean, you, you always wonder about people. I'm not saying I could, because I mean, but I think about it sometimes. But you always wonder about those people who get in their car and they just like never stop driving. Like, they're like... And then, like, you just, you're just gone. And you're like, how could a person possibly do that? But most of those people live in a demanding situation where there's always a draw, always a draw, always a draw. And it's like, it doesn't mean that I don't love anybody in my family. But if I could just get, like, five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes, a day to myself. And imagine a person doing that every day. And most of the time, it's people who have raised their kids to their older for 20 years or 30 years and then eventually what you decide is like you know what I'm not doing this anymore I've never got time for me right so you never get a chance to purge and you're always carrying everybody else's burdens when you're a mom and a wife everybody wants to talk to you and when your kids get out they're gonna want to talk to you like I when I get home sometimes I'm like I hate that I feel like this but I'm not I don't want anybody to talk to me but like, I don't mind people being around and doing what they do I don't want anybody to ask me for anything, to do anything, to be anything, like, okay, like, mommy, you want to play with us? And I'd be like, mm. like, not really. <laughs> like, I do, but not really, not really. Why? Because my life force is drained. And then people, you know, I always hear this in Christianity, that's why you need God. You need to rely on God because he's going to fill you up and give you all this energy to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and put your dinner on at 7 in the morning and have it done by 3. And then, then you'll have like 20 minutes to yourself. You're like, 
what a consolation prize. Like, really? That's, this is it for me. And so you don't realize how much of you is being drained. And it's not, Yah has given you certain things to rejuvenate. But as women, we don't stand firm on them because we're so worried about how other things are not going to function if we're not like the center piece of whatever it is. And then Western culture teaches that the man does all the hard work, which you, all you have to do is just take care of the kids and cook. It's like, like that's not, I mean, my husband epically fails, not in a negative, but in a, in a positive. He epically fails positively because not his forte to just do the simple things. Like you're like, oh, you live on a, he tells me you live on a flowery bed of ease. All you have to do is cook and oh. do the... I'm like, huh. So days when he has to have the kids all day, I'm like, oh, what? where's the dinner? Why the house ain't clean? Why the clothes not washed? Why the kids still got the same thing they had when they woke up this morning? Why the teeth not brushed? Why they ain't been outside all day? Why they hungry? You know what I mean? <laughs> Flowery bed of ease? Yeah, if I just sat there and just let chaos just take over, of course. But no, I have to use my energy or my life force to control them, make sure they don't break stuff, make sure they don't color on the walls, I have to referee arguments, I have to make sure that they take naps so that they're not crying when it's time to go to bed and I have to make sure they have lunch and I have to have all those things and I have to make sure you have lunch and when you ask me for the, they don't realize how much goes into it and so um, but western culture doesn't deal with that so it's like, right, so all you see in western culture is the man and if he's successful, then it's like great. And then the accessory to his success is his wife and children. But nobody ever deals with it the other way around. Like if he's successful, then what? Right? Okay, so it is a great misconception that comes from a male-dominant society, which teaches and enforces this and in, in, in also, I guess, in a sexual way. Because men are so, so I mean are said to be like sexual stallions. They can be with a whole bunch of women and it never affects them is what we're told. And a woman, if she is the other way around, then it's like, you can see this taint on her. So her life force, obviously, in this sense is more valued, but you see it as a negative, not necessarily as a positive. And then a man where he and the family, and then obviously I'm going to use it in a, in in the verb form um, and make it concrete, which is obviously sexual. That's how we see everything when it comes to um, how it functions, I guess. And then you put it abstract and then it puts in everything else. Um, When it comes to him, it deals with like how he progenerates, how I carry out my seed. So it makes me look like the more positive figure. I have a seed. I spread my seed. This makes me look great. The woman is just a baby carrier, pretty much, right? Okay, so society teaches and enforces when a man engages in sex, he is the only giver. So you almost run the risk, and a lot of people do, that if I don't have a vibrant life force, it's because the man is not giving something, right? It, it comes out that way because he's a giver, he's a provider. So if I'm not getting something, it's because he's not giving it. Because as a woman, I can't, you know, God forbid, I can gain energy and life from any other source than from man, right? And so um, 
But through closer observation, this is only a partial report. The true unbiased reality is that through connection, we are witnessing the beauty of a symbiotic relationship of divine energy transference. Okay. So how this works is in relationship, we dealt with this in Genesis, but not in this way. In relationships, you do transfer energy back and forth. I mean, Eve and Adam, we can see how they're functions are together so symbiotic means that there are two things that are separate but they can't function apart from one another so it's always the other way though in western culture there's man and woman can't function without man but man can function without women because there's a bunch of other women right that's how it's always pretty much looked Mm at where with yah it's not that way it's both ways but we're only thought to see it one way Mm -hmm. okay and say the word in symbiotic symbiotic Mm -hmm. and so while the man is plugged in through sexual interaction or this just through the home being there um, to give, he is also plugged in to receive. Now, me and my husband have plenty of plenty of arguments about this. I told you the whole thing with the kids, like, oh, that's what you do, and that's like your contribution, but you don't do anything like personally, like for me, like you. I mean, that you know what I mean. Like you're you don't you don't. How do you put it? You're. You don't give anything. A woman is a taker. She's not a giver. And I'm like, it's like, it's like, it's how you're made. You're, you're made to take. You're made to take babies and you're made to receive, you know, protection. And you're made, I'm like, that don't sound right. <laughs> right? Because how can I be so drained? And how can I be so, if I'm not giving anything, right? Or if I'm just taking and I can just always take from you and then give that back. No, there has to be something then coming from me also, right? So the man is plugged in to give, but he's, I mean, to give, but he's also plugged in to receive. So this is my analogy I wrote down. So you have a lamp, right? So the man is the lamp. And the lamp standing alone is still a lamp, right? But it's not until the lamp plugs into the energy source that the lamp then is illuminated. But nobody ever praises that which gave light to the lamp, they just look at that really pretty lamp. They're like, look at that lamp with all its light. That lamp actually has a cord that's plugged into the socket and it's drawing energy from somewhere else, right? So we deal with the whole thing of banah. The woman is the womb, it also represents the house. You're the house that houses all the energy for the whole family. That was a long way to get to that point, right? <laughs> that houses all the energy for the whole family. But you're not the light. So you, everybody always praises the lamp, but nobody ever sees that without the, without the plug, there would be no light. I am, see what I mean? And so the energy that flows through the house, obviously then has to be, yeah. And so if you have a lamp and that lamp is dim, it's because the energy source is weak. If you have a a lamp and that lamp shines bright, it's because the energy source is good. Now, if you have a lamp like my mom's house, who needs new watering, right. then the lamps, the lights might flicker sometimes. You see what I mean? There has to be a time where you can recharge. Sometimes you have to upgrade. Sometimes you have to do stuff for yourself. Some, because that energy source is the only source through which everyone in the house gets light. You got a broke plug and you plug in. It's like, oh. And it's so sad because we do this. If you plug into one plug and you know how sometimes it shorts out, you just go to another plug. <laughs> I'll just take from this one. I'll just take from this one. But the, the, the right thing to do 
would be, oh, my plug doesn't work. Let me call somebody to fix this plug. Or let me figure out if I'm pulling too much energy out of this plug and this plug doesn't necessarily function to the best of its ability, right? And so when what Yad does by giving us times to purge, that was the word I had. It was uh, kata. So the whole idea of purging, which kata, uh, cough, I mean, uh, sorry, hit, kata, kata, hit, Ta, uh, tet, olive. So hit, tet, olive. Yeah, hit, tet, olive. Okay, so the root word for this, and it's funny because you know how these words just like have these meanings and then you thought you knew what a word meant and you didn't. So it comes from the ver- verse, and it's Psalm 51 and 3, I believe. And remember the verse where um, David says, purge me with hyssop? Mm-hmm. Okay, so hyssop is a purging agent. And so we did feet today because um, we couldn't do baths, of course. But hyssop as an essential oil, they come in little bottles. Like you can get them from Whole Foods, Sprouts. Mm-hmm. But it comes in like a, it's an essential oil. You can put it in like your bath water. And so the oils from hyssop are a purging agent. So you could eat them and then they make you like purge. Or you can put them in your water and it draws impurities out of your body. So David is asking, yeah, he ends up, you know, in a sticky situation with the whole Bathsheba, Uriah thing. And um, he kills a man. And so he's asking you to purge him. And so the idea of purge, what do you guys think purge means? Okay. Um, Right. So what happens during a woman's cycle then is purging. So it can't just be, oh, I didn't have a baby this month, so my womb just does this thing that it does, and it's just for this purpose. No, it has more than one purpose, because it's also toxins and impurities and other things that come out. Because if that was just the case, it would just be like, it wouldn't be nothing, I guess. It wouldn't be this, like, your body is, like, vigorously trying to make sure that it cleans and it does its whole thing, right? So the word that's used in uh, for purge in Hebrew, and I just use that one because it shows the the working definition he wants to rid of something um and it has it means to measure right Hmm. and it means to measure um cord or to miss it's actually the same word or to miss to miss like if you throw something you miss it actually has the same connotation as sin right so um to, to miss the mark so the idea of purging, obviously, has two definitions. And this is where, yeah, just blew my mind. So when you purge, it's because you've taken in negative. Or you've taken in, and a negative doesn't always mean bad. So um, you can, for instance, if I know my husband is like in a terrible mood, and I'm like, what you're doing when you change a person's mood or you act as the person who's going to... Um, <sighs> I'm not going to burn this up while I'm sitting right okay, here. Um, when you change a person's mood is what you're doing is I'm going to take your negative energy because I'm not in a negative place, right? And then I'm going to give you some of my positive. And because I'm not negative, I can dispel the negative. I can say, oh, you know what? Oh, I can do with your attitude of me trying to get you out of this mood. And oh, I don't want to. I don't feel like it. And I can keep going at it because I'm not in a bad mood. And once I get you in a good mood, then we're both in a good mood. And I can go to, I can go different ways too. You can do that and then (laughs) you both end up in a bad mood, right? Right. So negative is always, isn't always negative, right? So 
what you're doing is then you're taking the negative and making it positive. So um, what Yah does with, um, in this word for sin, I mean, well, not necessarily the word for sin, but in this word also means to miss, right? It, you measure it. So when a person misses a mark, um, we think that it's just off. It's immediately a negative. You miss the mark so that now, I mean, and so now it's wrong. Where with yeah, it's like you miss, right? But let me measure how close you got. See the difference? So the whole idea of miss has to do with a cord because you're going to measure to see how far off the mark you are. Because what am I going to do? Hey, you're only off by like two feet. Or a little bit, try it again, right? But it also carries this, another definition that has to do with cord, which is uh, when a cord or a rope is tied, it's tied into knots or it's bound, right? So you see the other working definition. The other working definition is to loose the knots, right? If I'm purging, then I want to loose the knots or the binding or the bounds that have pretty much taken place throughout a particular place and time. So you get both working definitions. So it means it has to do with a cord that is stretched between two points and measured or knots that are counted. So when you're purging, right, what you're supposed to be doing is introspecting and measuring so you measure obviously during a woman's cycle you should be measuring okay why do i feel this way what are these emotions what are these things as i'm purging i should be counting so that as i've missed the mark or i've have all these feelings or these emotions during this time when all my senses are heightened then i can put these things back into proper the proper place or proper subjection so to not purge or to deal with your cycle in a sense of just like, oh, it's just coming. I can't wait till it's over. Then you're, you're building up negative energy. If the whole process is to purge it, then to not do that then means that you're storing it. Energy has to be released. If you don't release it, then it stays. And that's just how it is. So stress, if stress is not released, then it stores. It stores and it turns into tension headaches or goiters <laughs> or you know all it's it doesn't leave it just finds a place to then go and you can suppress it. you can take medicine and block the receptors that tell you that it's there but it doesn't mean that it's gone medicine does not remove or i mean I should say pharmaceutical medicine that suppresses the pain of headaches does not remove the what is causing the actual headache what is causing the stress the same thing with relationships just by ignoring the acts of a person doesn't remove the effects that they have on us. We can numb ourselves, but it doesn't mean that we're not still receiving that energy. That's why people snap. It's because I ignored it, but I knew it was happening the whole time until one day I just couldn't take it anymore. And then boom. So the idea of purging is very, very important. So what we did today was just, you pretty much got a physical idea in a short amount of time of how important it is to just stop. To stop and to measure. Because what's happening when you have stuff coming through your head, you're measuring, you're weighing, you're balancing. And then you can think, you're going to think about all the stuff. So you think about where you missed. And then you measure how far you were off and how you can get back on track. To sit down and just to take time. And I know it's a, it, it'll be an impossibility. Um, or it'll seem like one, I should say, for a while. But one of the things that we have to do is to take time for yourself because you can't give what you don't have. 
because it's always going to take from somebody else. I realized for me, it's like this past year we've been dealing with this whole church thing and the court thing. And somebody is always with energy. Energy is not um, destroyed. It's transferred. So, and it's not created. It's taken or it's given. So somebody is giving and somebody is taking. And if it's not a complete cycle, then somebody's also losing out. And for us, it was the children. So you're taking away from the children. So they don't get quality time and they don't get... Because you're doing something else. Oh, do this. Or I'll wait. Or we'll do it later. Or we'll do this. Okay, we'll do it on Friday. So we take Fridays. But what about all the other days of the week? And so energy is normally taken from the person who normally possesses the most of it. And that's why women always get drained. Because Yah has naturally placed that divine energy that fuels the family into the woman. So that everybody can draw off of it. But if you never get time to even pray or meditate long enough, or get enough time to sit down and talk to you, or read your Bible, or study, or anything, or every time you do something, you have to incorporate 50 million other people, then how do you get that energy back in order to give it off? And then you become the problem, because why? Because even though they don't know it, they depend on you for that. Mm -hmm. They don't know it. They don't know how, or why I feel like this when you're not around, or when you're not doing what you normally do. Why? Because I'm the only person you can get it from. And that, that's just how it works. When Yah gives you a person, then that's a person that that comes from. Because yeah. I, I used to tell my husband when we both worked, and I was well, younger then, I went to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and I would tell him, in order for me to do something that I want to do, I had to make sure dinner was ready yes. the morning of. I had to do all these things before I went to work. So when I went to the gym after work, when he came home, dinner was ready. And, he could eat right. all that. and I go, but when you want to do something, you just go do it. That's you don't have you to just, do anything. You just Wake get up, in your car and start it. Whatever you're going to wear out of the closet, right. go take a shower, brush your teeth, bye, and go. And then you leave me here. I got to get ready. them ready. Take them with me or drop them off where I'm going. Feed them. Feed them Maybe. throughout the day. Well, they just have to shop with you. I'm working, though. This yeah. isn't fun. This is work. <laughs> right. So I'm dealing with a person in the chair temperament, and I'm like, hey, no, stop. Sit yeah. Up, pick yeah. it up. Do. So it's always something. It's always something mm-hmm. that we have to do. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, the world, I mean, or women or whoever, family, if somebody come to your house and your house is dirty or whatever. It's the woman. They, they never they say... Oh, God, why woman. you guys? They always said, man, that woman is dirty. Right? And I always, I go, why do they always say that? It's a whole family of people here. Right. It's always the woman. Right. Oh, she's so nasty. I've heard people say that. And I always tend to take them for the woman. She's nasty. She's right. What about all the nasty people that she can't keep up with? Right. There's a husband and five kids and whatever, and you call her nasty. Right. And then you come home and push you in a certain frame of mind as well. And I remember my aunt, she used to clean and clean, and she had like five kids. And the kids were older, and they were never, she goes, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to join them. She just quit cleaning. She goes, why? She goes, she would pick up, and she cleaned the kitchen, areas in her room. And she goes, 
why clean? They just mess it as soon as I clean. Mm-hmm. It's dirty again. You know? It's like you clean it for your health. Like you yeah. said, do I look like I do this for my so health? So she goes, you can't beat them, Joanna. So <laughs> she can just sit right there. She, <laughs> she don't strike. Oh, just I, tried. I tried. I get anxiety. So Me too. Work to get back on top of it. Right. I say, I'm not going to pick that up. And I'll be laying in the bed. And I look at them like, oh. I can't <laughs> you can't <laughs> yeah. help it. I can't yeah. stand it. Yeah. But if it what we and see men don't have those things. I tried it one time, maybe twice, and I was like, I'm just gonna not do nothing. See how long it takes Marvin to just mm-hmm. actually. Like a week went by, and I was like, Oh my gosh, you're wow. so disgusting! <laughs> like, how do you even like can't see the counter? You just yeah. cook around the stuff. I'm like, you nasty. And what kills me, my husband, he'll say, Oh, well, just leave it. Oh, at least he says, at least he doesn't say he's gonna do it. My husband's like, I'll take care of it. And I'm like, when? Oh, oh, that thing. That makes me almost violent. Yeah. I I I was, as soon as you start doing it, oh, I was about to do that. Why didn't you? Yeah, why didn't you? That, that's, my, that's my pet peeve. Or you already halfway finished with the dishes and they tell you, oh, I was going to do those. Yeah. Oh, well, come on. Come on and finish right. then. Oh, not, not right now. I'll do it later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you see how much that's energy we put off. Later. Right. And then he forgets. Mm. This all night. And then I wake up with dishes in the sink. And then you want me to cook breakfast. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I said, I got to go grocery shopping. And he says, oh, just, just leave it. Okay. <laughs> they don't think about food till they're hungry. Right. No, my husband hates that. I asked him, I said, well, what do you want to eat for dinner today? He said, I haven't even thought about breakfast yet. And I'm like, I woke up thinking about dinner. And it's not. Right? Wake up like, okay, what I'm going to do for breakfast and then lunch. Because when you stay home, you typically cook. You're cooking lunch and dinner. It's it's a whole nut. And I wake up thinking about I just cannot do it. I can't think of nothing. Right. You cook so much. And I just. Just, Especially when I complain, we just had this. Said, well, and he'll say, "What's for dinner?" <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't. Fine. Right. right. Like, yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, this is this is more of an issue, and it's funny because we, as women, African American, black, I don't know, as a as a demographic, deal with that way more than women of other cultures, where they have the same, they do all the same functions, but guess what they do. They take out time for themselves. Mm-hmm. If you look at Eastern culture, you look at the Asians, you look at the Indians. I you mean, can look at the African culture, right. the Eritrean women, the Ethiopian women. They do whatever, but they com- it's communal. Mm-hmm. They all come together. They might all prepare a meal or do their sewing mm-hmm. at a certain time or drink their coffee, or whatever, but they all get together, and that's how they re- re- rejuvenate. And right. So we, are, we have the highest demographic of mental illness. We have the highest demographic of attitudes. We're always angry. We get the angry black woman stigma because we never, nobody ever tells a black woman how to relax. And she carries the greatest burden. Right. It's a negative. It's like you carry the, you carry a very, very high burden as a Hebrew woman, but you don't, you never get a chance to relax. And then people think that you're superwoman. And so then you, then when you do, it's like, how you tired? You ain't never tired. You don't never take a nap. Right? It's like, I'm, I, I am always so tired. tired. What you taking a nap? What you taking right. a nap? What you so tired about? Because I wake up tired. Yeah. I wake up that way. So I was tired. looking at women in Haiti. Because I was looking at the just the feet bathing. And they go and they go to the waterfalls. And 
it's funny how when it's Europeans really look at something, do, yeah. they always think of it's like, look at this ritual. But what if it was just a tradition that, you know what, once a month, we go up to the waterfall, the water feels good, and it does have healing properties. When you go and you just swim or you just hang out, it does. All of a sudden now it's a ritual. No, you see the Indian women, they go and they take their incense and their petals and they go down to their bathing pools and they all sit and talk and wash their hair. And Why? Because there's just something about just doing something that feels good for yourself. But at the same time, the water and the minerals, they're purifying and they're rejuvenating. So one of the things that we don't do a lot in our culture as black women, one, we don't get our hair wet. Um, (laughs) Two, I don't know, and I've heard it a lot, but I don't know where it came from, but black women don't take baths. They take showers. I mean, I'm not saying they don't bathe, but like the whole idea of like, and maybe because you don't have time, but that whole like sitting down, soaking in a bathtub, candles. I mean, like that's not something... I do it the other way around. I take a shower, then I take a bath. But yeah, I mean, it's, you have to, I, I, I didn't until recently. I was just like, I'm missing out on something because it's just, I mean, you never seem like you have enough time. It's like a bath is supposed to be something that's relaxing. Nobody wants to get in a bath and have to just wash up or hop in. Right. You, and it's true. Cause it, you really don't get as clean than when you sit in a bath. Um, I even, the, when I first realized that it was a necessity is because, right. Is because the doctor um, was telling me, like, I was like, with the girls, and I give them a bath, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, do I need to wash them? He's like, actually, if you bathe properly, and if you put your, you know, now we use bubbles and soap and stuff, but if you put your oils and your stuff in your bath water, for children now, I'm not saying for grown women, but they were saying, you don't even have to wash their parts. They naturally just cleanse themselves in the bath water. Now, obviously, we gotta do a little more than that, but it's the same general way of thinking. If you put the right stuff into your bath water, then your body will absorb the stuff and also take out the toxins as well. You put the Epsom salt. I, I have a big old pretty container on my bathtub. People think, oh, what is it, Epsom salt? Right. Um, when I take right. a bath, I scoop my Epsom salt in there and I soak it. And it takes yes. the soreness out. It does. It does everything. everything. And everything. I don't take a bath without the Epsom salt. So yeah. those baths are actually, were, are actually um, I'm not saying they're just Hebraic, but one of the cultures that still pushes it heavily, and now Jews have added a whole bunch of crazy stuff to it, but Yah was really big about women taking baths. And if you didn't get one, but once a month, you were going to get one because you had to mikvah. Well, after you had your cycle, actually, you had to take a lot of baths. But after you had your cycle, for sure, you had to, what they, they call it ritual bathing. It wasn't a ritual, like as we think ritual. You had to take a bath because you have to pull. Your body's pulling all the toxins out because of your cycle. At the end of your cycle, when it's all the way done, then you had to get in a bathing pool and you had to finish the process of pulling and then letting, because you have to use living water. That's why we use the bottled water, spring water. Because the spring water carries natural minerals and then it replenishes your body. Right? So it's the same thing um, after, after sex. You're supposed to mikvah. You're supposed to wash. You're supposed to bathe. It was necessary. So you see all these things like you're getting these chances to rejuvenate because throughout all these times you're giving off 
life force or energy. So Yah's like, put it back. Because then you, you, you become depleted. And so it, it's very, very, very important. And when a woman becomes depleted, men don't think, like I said about the plug, they don't think, oh, let me, let me help my wife. I don't know why she doesn't want to sleep with me. I don't know why she doesn't want to cuddle. I don't know why she, let me just get a new plug. That, I mean, it's men, I mean, but, and it's not a woman's fault. I'm never putting the blame on a woman for a situation like that. But part of it is you have to take care of yourself too, because then you don't want to. You like, yeah, go ahead, get another plug. Like, get two, because right, right, because you're constantly being drained, and so you and uh, we're taught in Western culture to not, you never say no, or you never say, you know, I'm just I'm drained. Let me, I need to get it all back together, and so it's just very important. So today was pretty much specifically dealing with that and taking out time for ourselves because part of redemption and restoration is physical redemption and restoration. Everything is not spiritual. Uh-huh. If you don't do the physical things, then you'll never get the benefits of the, the spiritual, spiritual things. Because in some of those times where you can be quiet and get in a bath and just sit or just soak your feet or just close your eyes and take a nap, then Yah can actually talk to you because there's so much chaos throughout the rest of the day and the rest of your life with people drawing and pulling that you don't even have enough energy to connect. It's like, soon as I get ready to pray, I'll be like... You know, like I couldn't even get all my words, and I'd be trying to sit down and I'd be nodding, my head get heavy. I'm like, oh, this is just that's crazy. Why sometimes I'm taking a bath is the only time that I haven't had time to do my prayers. Yes. Because the only place I have to go privately is, and people always say, oh, you pray in the bathroom? Yes. It's like, God, right. And a lot of times I'll go, even just, it's just me and my husband. And he'll be, <laughs> oh, Joe. My. I'm like, Really? Right. 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 It used to be a time that, like, even if a person saw you praying, they, they would just, just go away. away. Not, Not anymore. anymore. This one come walking through. Do you know where stuff said? I'm like, I'm like in prayer position. I'm not just laying with the covers. Yes. I am praying. I'm praying. I'm praying. <laughs> oh, I don't know. know. One, really? I know. I'll be on like, the side of the bed. And my husband will say, Joe, so I'm, t- I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, okay. I just wanted to ask you this, and I'm like, but Jesus. But you're still talking to me. Go. Go. You don't realize how often that happens. It's like we never. It's like we don't need a moment. It's like sometimes you do. I'd be in the bathroom reading. And I'd come out and be like, "You show was in there." I'd be like, "Yeah, you don't even know. I only went to pee." <laughs> you have to steal. A moment. Yeah. I go, I'm like, excuse me for a minute. I put some in the dryer. I go back there and I just sit back there on the phone yeah. or whatever to the bathroom. Yeah. Answer an email and I just sit there and I'm like, okay, it's been 10 minutes. Let me go back. Yeah, go, it's. Go, what you I know one day I'm in the bathroom hurt. and I go, gosh, my hip hurt. And I had been sitting there for so long. <laughs> you know, I was reading and doing mm-hmm. stuff. And, uh-huh. and I was like, well, oh, right. <laughs> But you have it's to like have this those. Morning, I went to the, you know, the game room mm-hmm. um, to, to have my moment. And I had just woken up Kale because it takes him, you know, a little bit. And I was like, okay, mommy. I didn't want to tell him I was going to the bathroom. I didn't want him to know where I was going. So I was just like, I got to go get something off the car. But, you know, you just go pee and I'll get your breakfast going. And I swear I went in the bathroom five minutes. Mom and his dad is up in the living room, the hub of the house. He's mm-hmm. eyeing me. 
but he comes out of his room and he's looking for me. And you can hear me on the outer bar, squeaker, squeaker, squeaker. You can hear him. <laughs> but you come out looking for me. Yes. But you notice most of the kids, if they're they're around when they get up, they always say, "Mommy." Mommy. And then you oh my go, god. She do that. She gets yeah. out the bed like I slept on. I went to sleep on the couch one night. She gets out the bed, walks to her room. She look in her room. She look in the guest room. She walk back and she look over the couch that she came in. And she. Like you just got the baby person that's supposed right. to be the protector. Right. <laughs> I was looking for you. I had a bad dream. I was like, you was in the bed with your dad. Right. Oh, Use everything oh, about us. Mama's, mama's yeah, just mama's takes care of everything. Right. You, the comfort, the feeling. So you have. Yeah. Uh, you don't even realize you start talking about it. Just how much people draw off of us, and so you really have to focus on that. And so. um just briefly next week, I'll bring um, a list of like, just they're not ritual baths. I don't know why people do that, but like certain things to add into your bath that kind of like make you feel good. Like you see those people like you're like, oh, people being fancy, but like rose petals is a good thing to put in your bath water. Wow. Like some like they have certain. Um, they were saying like for foot baths you put marbles, but also you could put certain stones in your water. Like you like you saw this, like certain stones that don't break down in water because water is a conductor of energy. So if a certain, like if a certain stone, let's say it pulls in energy, it draws out. So you put that in your bath water. You can put like the Epsom salt in your bath water. Um, certain essential oils like peppermint, invigorating, um, ylang ylang, and I'll show you like straight stress relieving rosemary for headaches or aches in your body with the Epsom salt, uh, lavender for baths. And now you can actually take the actual le- the lavender. Um, the just petals. like petal, dry like I mean, like the the dry lavender, because just like tea, you pretty much make a bath tea, and then you get in your bath. Mm-hmm. It's that your body absorbs the same way. You know, you get in the bath, um, and you feel heavy when you come out. Mm-hmm. Well, you feel heavy when you come out because your body took in the water. You could have been dehydrated, wow. and your body sucks in the water. I used to do that. I used to take baths. I'd be like, dang, my thighs look a little bit bigger than what I got in the water. <laughs> but your body draws in the water. What it needs. It draws in what it needs. So if you put it in your bath. Then you can put your oils or your, you know, whatever into your water. And then you can kind of do it that way. Just to add an extra element of stuff you're just not going to get. Like, do you have time to really sit down and drink a cup of tea? I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a bath or a cup of tea. You can have your cup of tea in the bath. I found myself so, <laughs> a lot of that stuff. Yeah. You can read in the bath. So just think about those kind of things when you're trying to... Because you have to. Yeah, we can sit yeah, stuff on. Yeah. 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 I mean, I get in the bath and I'm in there for a long time. And you have to stand firm and make times. We spend so much time um, winging it for ourselves. But this is something Mom Monet taught me. Pick a time and keep that time. And don't let anybody infringe on that time. So if from 9 to 10 is your bath time. Then the kids are in bed at 9. I don't care if you have a long nap. I don't, if they're not in the bed, then they have a movie on. You do your... So then people start respecting that time mm-hmm. that you have for yourself. And then nobody... They're like, nope. At, if, they know where you are, too. Because I do this at, at this time, mm-hmm. two or three times a week. So go when you came in and interrupted me, you knew you didn't have to look for me. You know, you have... The, and the kids know. Uh, a friend of mine, her name is Aliza. She's big on that. She has certain times. She's like, if it's time for you guys to do independent work by yourself, if I'm in this office, you don't come in here. You don't knock on the door. You don't. And it's like, wow. And at first I was like, dang, she mean? 
But after a while, I was like, no, I understand. Like, if you don't set those boundaries, she calls them time snatchers. The time snatchers, and they're not just not meaning just her children, but just people in general, they will snatch your time. When she calls, we, and it's funny because she, I have 20 minutes. She tells me, how much time do you have to talk? And she times it. She sets her timer, and at 20 minutes, she goes, okay, bye. Wow. And I can, so I don't ever have to like dread having a conversation with her. So when you set those kind of boundaries where you're like, okay, I'm going to call you. It's going to take three minutes. She means three minutes. And if it takes longer then she asks, do you have more time? Because we, we don't realize how much people are, don't, they don't respect our time, like, or what we have to do. Or if you have children, or if you, and do I want to do this with my free 20 minutes, you know, like. So kind of put, have those things in mind because that's part of the restoration process is setting boundaries, even for our husbands. Like, I know that's hard because it's like you're supposed to be this always accessible being, but they're not always accessible. And then, we tend to feel and then when they're right, we feel bad. But when they when they want to watch a game, they're inaccessible. Yeah. No matter what you do, you're not getting no, through. But we if we're doing something, we have a show. We're like, you know, I'll Tebow it. Or I'll record and I'll pause it. So, no. Yeah. When I be watching Grey's Anatomy, I be like, nope. Nothing. Don't ask. Because you ha- they do it all the time. If he's That's reading. You know? <laughs> I was sick. One weekend, I was sick. And in bed and asked him for breakfast because I was hungry. And he said, he texted me, I just started my coffee. So when I'm done with my coffee time. And I went 40 minutes. Oh, oh. So I finally got up and was like, Oh, wow. And it was still, I was like, you cannot still be drinking coffee. Oh, I drink two cups. Okay, so I was hungry 40 minutes. Ago. It's been 40 minutes. Yes, but that's okay. I'm up now. Made my own top ramen. Hey. I'm like, right. Wow. Let it have him be sick. And text me, I'm up and I'm hungry. I would have stopped whatever it was right. I was doing. And I would, like, I, I want to do yoga at night. And he's a TV person, so he'd be like, you want to watch this? And I'd be like, dang, I just cooked dinner, cleaned the dishes, I was going to do yoga, relax. Because, like, sitting on the couch and watching TV doesn't make me feel relaxed. Right. Like, I wanted to, like, loosen my body, stretch my body, but what do I end up doing? Sitting there watching TV because I want to spend time with you, I don't want to. Because you asked me, and I want you to feel like I don't have time for you. And But feels the other way around? Mm -mm. Nope, I was going to work out. So you have to find that balance and it, part of that is communicating those things like we have a thing now where it's like give and take you know don't tell me no if you have the capacity to do it because then it makes me feel weird when it's you know the other way around and um, so standing firm on those kind of things where it's balance and it's fair equity is real equity is right like if I can't do it because of something that's one thing but if right. I can and I choose not to do it that's completely another thing And but you have to take your time They, my husband gets up in the morning I just wish like when I get up in the morning early and go to the gym he's like what you going for you got a boyfriend I'm like actually actually I was just trying to go to the gym but when he it feels weird for me to do it though if he sleep right and I get up and I leave the house, I'm like, what are they going to do? Is he going to wake up when they wake up? But he can just get up, be gone, Oh, you guys are all asleep. I, like, if I wanted to, I couldn't. He'd be calling me, well, I'm going to feed the kids. Would you, did you put anything out for him? Like, it's not, it's not balanced. So you have to start set the camp. So you have to start cooking on phone on airplane mode. 
Because I have a son. So but son is in jail. I'm like, oh. Before I can open my eyes, I'm like, okay, I'm waking up. Okay, I'm starting to like pray. Text ding, ding, ding. I'm like, can you do this? Can you get me this? Can you do da da Can you do da I said, no, I can't. I can't do anything. I'm like, well, I can't even answer my phone now. The other son just called, and I didn't have the money on my phone. And I'm not going to use my credit card. And if I happen to make my way downtown tomorrow, I'll go put $20 on the phone. If not, you won't talk to me until I put some money on the phone. Or somebody that you call, call me on three-way like you have me to do. When you call me, can you call so-and-so? Can you call? You really don't even call to talk to me. So I was like, no. Mm-mm. No. I tend not to turn my phone off either. And I have a friend. She sends me these little scripture things every day and these little quotes and mm-hmm. stuff. You know, I, I just... I don't want to hurt her feelings. But she yeah. texts me. All the time she's texting me at 3 a.m. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm oh, like. What are you doing? And I, you know, I leave my phone on because my oh, granddaughter tends to call her. me because her mom turns her phone Don't off. off. Yeah. So I always leave my phone on to be accessible. Well, like you say, accessible to everybody. And then right. 3 a.m. and I, I woke up and I go, oh, my God. And then I look at You I think go, something's wrong. I go, yeah. oh, my God, I can't believe she texts wow. me at 3 a.m. I just hit my phone and turned over. Right. I can't even read that. I'm so mad. Right. Yeah, right. I don't even care how good of a quote it was. Yeah, how good of a scripture that yes. is. 3 a.m., really? You want us to dump these out? Um, we'll it. dump them. Don't worry about it. So that's my goal. So try to do one of those things at least one time this week. And do something for yourself. And I'm going to do the same thing because I haven't. And I need to because I'm like on the verge of just like taking a long vacation. See, I'm a person. <laughs> I have a hard time saying no. Me too. And then most of, a lot of times I'm doing things and I'm miserable, you know, but I don't want to say no. Right. Yeah. And I sometimes you do. I'll, I'll admit, I just did that. Because then you, be, you, then you start thinking, well, what am I actually doing? What if I'm doing nothing? What if I just want to do nothing? Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Like, that's okay if I just want to do nothing. I feel yeah. bad. I get you, but I, it's I like, do. I don't. Yeah. And then when I say no, I beat myself up. I should, you know, you should have, you could have did that. I could have, but I am not. Like, I, I stopped doing that a long time ago because I had a person okay. that would ask me to do things. Thank you. And out of obligation or because you're like, oh, okay, this person, this person.